Abba Yahweh, thank you again for this opportunity to be in your treasury, to be about your business, your will, your words, Father God. Not to deviate, not to get off path. This is not about me. This is about you, Father. Thank you for this opportunity to share with they that have an ear to let them hear. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Parakletos Aman. In his treasury, I pull off these things. I've shared that with you before. Share, pull these things off the shelf, sweep them in a basket, and it just keeps reproducing. But this is the bounty of God. This is the way God provides for us. Continually, continuously, and continually, and he, it doesn't run out. His resources don't run out. He is the maker of all things made. I've been speaking with you about choices that we have, choices that we make. <clears throat> and life is full of choices, true. But there are, um, and before we get too far into this, I want to put this invitation out. Try my spirit. Lean in and listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will speak truth. And if you lean in and listen with spiritual hearing, you will hear the response. Try my spirit. You will see that I speak truth. I speak from the word of God. I speak from God. He allows this to happen. He allows us to continue. He provided this podcasting platform, brought me to it. He allows me, tells me what to share. And sometimes in the very early morning hours, the Holy Spirit will actually wake me up and it just has me so stirred up. And then I have to get into the word and share. And then I go back to sleep. <laughs> uh, after I get done, I take a nap so I can get ready for work. But that's the leading of the Holy Spirit and the Father God. You have to be willing to listen to that. And you have to be willing to do that thing. We have choices to make. My second interruptive invitation is that Jesus Christ is available to anyone, anyone, anyone at all to choose. Simply, I will, I do, let's go. I will follow Jesus Christ. Father, Heavenly Father, God, I want to follow Jesus. I accept and believe that he is your only begotten son. I do, and I want to have faith in you and your Holy Spirit to teach and guide my steps. Yes, I want to do these things. That's all there is to it, brothers and sisters. Pray that prayer that you accept that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son. You want to have faith in him and you will follow the Holy Spirit. Yes, I will. I, I do. Let's go. My new mantra. That's all you have to do. You don't have to have a big, pompous, uh, orative thing going on in a great big, huge rally for some folks. I mean, if you happen to be there and that is the timing, then that timing, you go down to the altar call and you have people pray over you. That's great. That's awesome. You can do it on your own. You can do it by yourself. You can go find a quiet corner wherever you work. The point is that the choice is yours to make and that you would do that thing. 
And contrary to what the perverse individuals are teaching, that John 3.16 does not teach that you are condemned if you don't by God, that God does not condemn. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. God does not condemn you to hell if you don't choose Jesus. Let's jump over to John 3, 16. I'm going to read this thing in its um, entire being because it's, it's necessary to do because this is where those perverts get it wrong. And hear me in this, that perversion has nothing to do with a sexual appetite. Perversion is just the misalignment, the twisting, and the changing of what is true and what is forthright into something that is dark, ugly, twisted, and not true. By maligning and twisting the word of God and changing it, teaching out of context, and lying is perverse. And that's all that means. It has nothing to do with any sexual content. So when I call those individuals perverts, and they are, just like the individual where the Holy Spirit ran me out of that church, they were perverting the word of God because they were making it about money and not about tithing and giving to God. And those individuals get up, just like this individual, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, there's that little little two-letter word, so loved the world, it didn't say that he so loved the black world, he so loved the white world, he so loved the red world, he so loved the Asian world, the Latinas, Latinas, and those folks. It didn't say that. It says, for God so loved the world, period. You got this group out there crying out that black lives matter and they actually get physically accosting people because they don't agree with their point of view. Well, let me share this with you. Oh, there may be those that are going to get offended. I don't care because I speak truth. I speak from the word of God. It's not that one life matters over another. All lives matter to them that walk in faith and follow the word of God. All matter to the Lord God Almighty, not one over another. Not one over another. God is a respecter of no man. He doesn't care what the color of your skin is. He doesn't care what you wear, how you smell, whether you have or you have not. What matters to God is the character of the heart. That is all that matters. Do you bring your heart open to him and trusting him and have faith in him and show kindness and goodness to your fellow men and women and offer them the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ? Or do you degrade, belittle, and assault simply because of the tonation of their skin? That is all that matters to the Lord God Almighty. The color of the skin does not matter. For God so loved the world, period, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that means anyone is invited. You don't have to be a certain ethnicity. You don't have to be in a certain group. Here's the other thing too. Mammon, mammalian titles of denominations. That's where those come from. God doesn't say, okay, I'm going to make this batch and they're going to be Baptist. I'm going to make this batch and they're going to be Protestant. I'm going to make this batch and they're going to be Methodist. Here's another batch. Let's make them Catholics. 
God does not do that. Those titles and decisions come from man and only man. God only cares about the character of your heart, period. I know many Baptists that care nothing about their denomination. What they do care about is the word of God, speaking the truth, and they stay because they have family and relations and they have friends. As long as the focus is on the word of God, and and I see that in my home church. I love my home church. It's comfortable. There are, are people there that I've known since I came here. I miss greatly and I don't see them, but when I see them, I squeeze them tightly. Men and women both get a holy kiss on their cheek. I love them. I miss them. I love being there because, well, quite frankly, it it feels like home. And that's okay. As long as your focus isn't on the click of the club and on the word of God, that's the focus. You come there to worship. If you feel comfortable, and that's a good thing to, to be that. And that's okay. And there's some folks who do that. But don't allow that to become the focus because then you are in error. Okay? Don't go there for the clickiness or the clubbiness. You go for the word of God and worshiping. And the comforture comes from being around the others. And that's okay. For remember this. And let us, this is in Hebrews Chapter 10, 24 and 25, I'm going to remind you again, I've said this and mentioned it before. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That doesn't mean you poke them with a sharp stick and you you goad them and, and drive them on there and you pester. You don't do that. You just remind them and that we pray one for another, considering each other and guiding by example. And all of a sudden their hearts get all lit up and they said, well, I want to do stuff like that. I want to be like that. So by example, you have provoked them and the Holy Spirit has squeezed the heart and convicted them that maybe what they're doing is wrong. And when I say that word convicted, doesn't mean like we would recognize being convicted and sent to jail. Doesn't work that way. Conviction means the feeling that you get that perhaps what you're doing is not correct and that you should be doing other Continuing, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching, which it is indeed approaching. There are those that choose to be fearfully driven. And so what do they do? They ignore the assembling together. There are churches I, I see yet today that are still closed. The doors are closed, the parking lots are empty, and they're not, and they haven't been gathering and meeting together since this false pandemic started. Now, there's going to be those that are going to say, wait, what do you mean? Well, you're being fearfully driven, and this thing, I didn't say that the virus is not real, but the manipulated virus, because in its natural state, Quite honestly, the way it it, it used to be, um, and this is scientific, so don't be one of those, oh, follow the science, follow the science, you didn't know what he's talking about. Listen to me. I've been to certain schools, and I did certain things in the military. I am aware exactly of what is going on, 
okay? God has provided me that opportunity at that time. This is this virus in its natural state, the way it was pulled from nature and been manipulated by man, it was what is called a non-humano contagion, which means that whatever was carrying it could not give it to man. And they say that it came from a bat. Well, guess what? It didn't originate with bats. It was injected into bats and then the security system let it go and they're saying that these bats got away and they went out and started biting people and everybody got contaminated. Well, it didn't exactly work that way. But that's okay. Y'all want to follow the science? Go ahead and follow it. You want to follow this guy who has thrown out his Hippocratic Oath and is not caring for the people the way that God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit love us and care for us? Then you go ahead and you do that. But that individual who's out there fearfully driving you is as responsible. But let's get back into the Word of God. I don't want to get onto my platform because... I can be up there all day long and I can pull out scientific documents and I can pull out research and show, but that's, that's not what I'm about. You have to make a choice. Do you follow and have faith in God? And do you follow that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son and that the Holy Spirit will guide your steps and that he will protect you in all things? And God promises in his word that if you have faith in him and you believe in him and you walk in the spirit and in the righteousness of Lord God Almighty, that he will protect you. Yes, he will protect you. And then you have, well, what about and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and then they start pointing over it. The white noise and the interference of the enemy loves to do that thing. Then you start getting into the comparative, pointing your finger at all the things that happened. Why would he allow that? Well, here's the thing. God, or why would God do that? that that's more appropriately. Why would God do that? Well, God's not doing that. Man is doing that. God's allowing the things that take place because he wants people to come back and, and exhibit that faith and pray to him. Things that occur, and the word shares this with us, that he allows him, but he always walks with us through them, and he will provide, and he will be there and carry us through them, and that we show that faith, and that we come and pray, because quite frankly, brothers and sisters, things that are going on in this country, we are ignoring the Lord God Almighty. You used to be one nation under God, indivisible which means that we don't separate and we don't break down and we don't leave each other stranded. We are indivisible. We don't choose sides one against the other like happened in the Civil War and, and uh, those sort of things. And you even had it happening in the Revolution that you had those that took sides with the, with the uh, invading forces and some that took sides with the uh, pioneers. But back to the importance, the word of God, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Remember I told you, choosing. There's a difference between perishing and dying. They are not synonymous. They don't mean the same thing. One means the physicality and one means eternal. Perishing has to, speaking to the eternal and dying speaking to the physicality. 
For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not in his is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So the condemnation comes from self. If you refuse to believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, have faith in God and walk in righteousness in the Spirit, you have condemned yourself. It's not God that's condemning you. You have made a choice. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Choice. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Choice. Do you want people to see what you had done or are doing, or do you want to do the right thing anyway? But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Brothers and sisters, I was one way, and now I'm different. And what happened in between is him, the only begotten son of Abba Yahweh, my heavenly father, maker of all things made. I was one way, and now I'm different. And that's what I know. That's what I believe. I will. I do. Let's go. Period. The truth of the word of God. Period. The word of God is truth. Period. Jesus Christ is his only begotten son and came so that we might have life and have life more abundantly. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The word of God is spoken to uh, the analogy that you use or the metaphor, the bread of life. Interesting. That term is also used for Jesus Christ. Interesting. The word was with God from the beginning. The word was manifest and made flesh. And was sent to us. What in the world? Yes, Jesus Christ is with God from the beginning, his only begotten Son, and he is the Word. Why do you, how do you think that when he came down here, he was sharing all of this with those members of the Sanhedrin and other individuals, and everything was spoken by him? Where did that come from? Because he is the Word. Manifest and made flesh and sent to us for an opportunity. Because God so loved the world. So loved. That little two-letter word is profoundly deep, wide, high, however you want to say. I was out in the ocean with this group of marine biologists and man, it was so deep. Well, how deep was it? About 5,000 feet we went down in the deep diving submersible. 5,000 feet we recorded. Oh my goodness. That is so deep. You couldn't hold your breath and just swim down there. That's for sure. Space is so vast. Well, how vast? I, I can't see the other side. So, 
that little two-letter word, so. For God so loved the world. How much did he love the world? That he didn't want it to flood the way it was done in the days of Noah. He didn't want it to implode like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah for their heavy sin. Oh my gosh, the sins. Read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. See what was going on there. There are individuals, and I heard, I actually heard this when I was quite young. I think I was even in elementary school when I heard it first. That they talk about Hollywood. I call it Hippocrawood because it's full of hypocrisy. But they call Hippocrawood the modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh my gosh, look at the things that go on. You see that that analogy is pretty accurate. But at any rate, continuing. God did not want either of those things to occur. He loves us. We are his creation. He wants us to have a choice and he, he desires that we choose to be with him eternally and that Satan, the enemy, who wants us not to be there because he's so agitated and irritated and he's really pretty ticked off that he got the boot. He was trying to say that he was... A, as good as God and could be God and will be God and take over. Uh, didn't work out so well. And those that wanted to follow that, they were also given the boot and there were some angels that fell. Those are the ones that I refer to by the word of God as the Chaldeans. Those are the powerful minions that work for Satan. And we also are reminded of the armor of God. And I'll get to that point here in a moment. The reason that Chaldeans in the armor of God. It is in, and those that, that talk about, <laughs> you know, the, uh, you know, that things aren't, uh, and that it's not as it was and, um, you know, and that things are, are not that way. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I, I, I tend to, to I'm not going to argue with those individuals. They've made their choice. They made their choice to follow the white noise interference. But see, my choice is to follow the word of God. As we go to the book of Ephesians in chapter 6, that it talks here, Paul addresses this, and I'll start in verse 10. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the white noise and those things in him. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You have individuals that have been elected into office and people shrug their shoulders and lift their, you know, oh, they got elected, they're in charge. No, they're not. You have to remember something and people have chosen, chosen, chosen to forget that of the people, by the people, and for the people, that every single elected official, every single one of them, that's the Constitution, is an employee of the people and that we have the right to speak and yet... Individuals give that up. 
And why? Because those minions, those have become part of the minions of Satan, driven by white noise interference and fear. And people throw their shoulders up and uh, they're in charge now. I, I, I have nothing to say. Well, yeah, fortunately you do. <laughs> but you have given that up. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And quite frankly, brothers and sisters, there are occasions where I take off quickly and I forget to put my helmet on. When I was in the military, I used to be guilty of that. And of course, when you hear sirens and you have alarms and you have things going on, you have rockets and all sorts of things going on around you, and you take off quickly, sometimes because the helmet comes off of your head and you set it down, you may have been napping or reading, whatever, and you take off quickly... You will forget that. Well, I have this to say about that. If you're not really extremely careful and you leave that behind and you don't go back and pick it up and put it on, there are consequences. And unfortunately, in that stage, the consequences would be death. Physicality of death. Spiritually, we have to remember the helmet and not be so quick to take off and get in, but we have to remember the helmet of our salvation, that Jesus Christ is our salvation, he is our savior, that the word of God is with us, for us. And we gotta put that on because the white noise interference attacks the mind. I've shared this with you before and I'll share it with you again. And if you look through the Bible, you will see all this. And even Jesus talks about it. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy might, and with all thy mind. You have to do that. And Satan knows that the weakest point of attack, doesn't matter what your intellectual prowess is, he will attack you in the weakest point of attack, and that is in the mind. Part of it is because we forget those things, we go quickly. Part of it is because of arrogance and self-centeredness that I can do this, I got this. No, you don't. Without God walking with you, the Holy Spirit guiding you, you don't have this. You might think you do temporarily. And this is my downfall. I take off because of my warrior mentality and, and my knowledge on mechanical issues and all that stuff. And, so, and I will forget to, to invite God in with me. <laughs> and listening to the white noise interference, which comes from Satan, that you don't need God in this, you can handle this. No, you can't. God likes to be involved with everything. He doesn't want to be a second choice. He doesn't want to be a second fiddle on that after the things take place and it starts going south that you invite him in and say, oh God, come in and, and rescue me. Instead should have been, Father, I'm going to get involved with this electrical issue. Be with me and, and help me. A very simple prayer. You don't have to give him the layout of the schematics and the whole deal. Trust me when I tell you this. God is a really good motorcycle mechanic. He's helped me a number of times. And sometimes there are little tiny screws. See, I have this thing called fat finger syndrome. My fingers are too big for these little tiny things. He has helped me immensely. There's been times where I've dropped this thing and the thing disappeared and he took my eyes to it. I mean, they are tiny. He's a really good electrician. He's helped me, and there are things that he does. 
in this uh, icy conditions. He was helping me drive. There was some stuff going on that was just getting really wild. The temperature's dropping through. But he is there. He is there to help us. And that we've taken up that whole armor of God. We put it on so that we're able to stand. And I'm going to share this uh, uh, some more here. Stand, therefore, having your loin girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay. So the loin is the area about the waist. Okay, it's where they put on the heavy belt um, and where you wear your sword. What do they call the Bible? What is the Bible called? What's another analogy or a metaphor that's used for the Bible? The sword. Carrying the sword, the sword of truth. Where's the truth in the Bible? The word of God, his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom. And have on the breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate. Righteousness. Stand upright. Boldness in his word. Don't be a coward. Don't be in compromise. Don't step down, step aside in compromise. You have the breastplate on it, it will protect you. The breastplate of righteousness, as long as you stand. And even the Bible talks about being angry, but if you do it, do it in righteousness. Do not sin in your anger. That means that you do not attack people. You can be angry. Angry is okay. But be righteous in it. That means you don't cuss at somebody. You don't verbally assault them because you're mad at them. And you don't try to get back at them because that's not righteous. You can be angry, be firm. If you claim the title of Christian, true Christian, you can be angry. doesn't mean that you lay down and you get walked on and that you allow individuals to take advantage. That's not what it means to be a Christian. And you don't just give them money when they ask for it. And they don't just give them, give and give and give. Yeah, the Bible tells us to take care of those that are less fortunate or in need, not in want. There's a difference. And if you pray to God and the Holy Spirit, they will guide you. <clears throat> I shared this with you uh, some couple, what was it, a couple weeks ago now. There was an individual who came to the church and he was on a mission. He was on a mission for self. And it was very interesting because the Holy Spirit was speaking to me the whole time. I was there. I arrived late because I was trying to get some things for the church. And it worked out good, but I stood in the back and, and, and I was late. And everything about that day was different. But here's the thing. God had a reason. God had a purpose. This is one of the mysteries of God. I didn't know what it was. So after the sermon, I took a seat out in the foyer, and I was drinking my coffee and chatting with folks. And I don't normally do this sort of thing. That's not my thing. I talk to the pastor, and I, I greet some folks that I didn't see maybe coming in. I give them that holy kiss on the cheek and then I take off and I come home because I have doggos. I got to take care of them and do that thing. And I was getting ready to go. And then the word came to my ear. And that word was abide with me. And I've shared this with you before. Abide. The Holy Spirit wanted me to stay there and hang out with him. And abiding just doesn't mean to stay. Abiding has to do with the relationship a heartfelt conversation that I was having that the Holy Spirit wanted me there. So he just softly, 
It wasn't this thunderous command. You abide here. It wasn't like that. It was a soft voice. It said, abide with me. More of a request. But it was so, it was so powerful. I just stayed longer. And then a little time went more. And I said, okay, this has been a little while. And then I got ready to leave again. I was packing stuff up in my, in my book satchel. And then the word came again, abide with me. So I sat back. And in a few short moments, the pastor came out and I could feel the Holy Spirit spoke to me again. The Holy Spirit has provided this through God, has given me a spirit of what you would call discernment. He allows that to take place. And he allows me to see that sometimes it hurts. And I didn't appreciate how the pastor was feeling. But I think what the Holy Spirit does is he allows that. And you actually, in that discernment, that you actually get that sense from the other person. (coughs) Pardon me. So I felt his angst. I could feel it. It was nearly palpable. And he wasn't comfortable because there was an individual there that was trying to get him to take him someplace that and after conversing with the individual found out that it was completely opposite of what he was saying. He was saying one thing but then wanting to do something contrary to what he was and so my discomfort increased. But when I went out and the pastor, because the guy went out and was really antsy and all this stuff, I immediately had the sensation that there were demons on him and in him, and he was about that. Immediately I felt that. When I went out to shake hands with him, I could almost smell the sulfur and brimstone. It was that poignant, and they were on him that deep. As soon as I touched his hand to shake hands with him, introduction, I knew that this person was being led of the enemy and that the demons were there. They were real. They were powerful. And that thing of the spiritual world that we don't know and we can't see. Why? Because God is protecting us from that. If we saw some of these things, worse than any Hippocrates sci-fi movie you can imagine, any demonic creature that comes out of that film, this is worse. They are worse. They are. You would be frightened. And those, there are those individuals that would probably be so frightened they'd have a heart attack. And they would phys- die in their physicality. It's very frightening. Conversely, the Lord has allowed me to see some of my protection that is in that spiritual realm. Why he allowed me to see that, that's up to God. One of the mysteries of God. But he allowed that. And I know that they are real. They are there. This individual, I could smell the brimstone and sulfur. There were demons on him. So I did this thing that the pastor was asking me to ride with him because of his discomfort. I told him that I would take care of it. I was confident in that. Why was I confident? Because the Holy Spirit was with me and the might of my God Almighty, Abba Yahweh, was with me. And I walked into this because my faith in God and the truth of his word 
I took this guy and we started driving and immediately it was all about money and about self and about this. And I was able to see periphery. There are so many, he had stacks of receipts and what these individuals do. And there are individuals, I will use that plurally, that will pray on those that are either Christian or claim to be Christian. And they actually target the church. They will come and, uh, the pastor shared with me that he noticed that this guy was almost like he was casing the place. He was noting that there were drop boxes around the sanctuary because of, uh, you know, because of the COVID situation, trying to administer to the people and keep them from being fearful rather than having contact with people, that they had drop boxes that you could either put your tithe offering in the drop boxes, you could send it in any way you felt comfortable enough to do it. So this guy was up moving around. And there are individuals that do that. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you what. The threshold of the church is not like in Hippocratwood, the vampire movies, that those things, because they're an evil spirit, they can't go across the threshold into the house of God because it's holy and all this stuff. And that they'll melt and they'll die. Doesn't work that way. That's Hollywood. The reality is that demons will piggyback and they will come in because that's almost being an invitation. I mean, ordinarily, they wouldn't go there because they don't have a desire to be in the house of God and worship, but they will piggyback. So at any rate, took this guy, and as we were traveling along, I could, I was able to, forgive me, Father, the Holy Spirit gave me the discernment that this person was not needing anything. He was wanting. What he wanted was finances. What he wanted was personal gain. What he wanted was preying on the guilt that, that he could lay on somebody for not help. I had to tell him a number of times that I'm on a fixed income and I can't actually afford to be doing all these things he was asking for. I mean, this guy was asking for some bucks. Not normal that some people come to me and, and, and if the Spirit tells me, I mean, I could tell that they are in earnest need. I share with them. God blessed me to bless them. God did not bless me to bless this person who is doing wrong and seeking wrong. That's not what being a Christian means. That we don't have to lay down, just give it to them because, oh, I need this because of this and this and this. This guy was, had a whole stack of fake receipts. And he was gonna. He was getting ready to lay them out, and he actually did. He had two, and one didn't work, and then he tried another one that didn't work. And then he wanted to go to. He wanted to go to a store and get a gift card. I said, "You are not hearing what I'm saying. I am on a relatively fixed income. I cannot afford to do these things that you're asking for." And then, as we're going along, he throws out this. Well, uh, well, then maybe you can just. Pray a little bit when we when we get there, right? I said, oh, sure, absolutely. I'd be happy to do that. I can do that. I can do that. Well, what he was doing is feeding into what I wanted, what he thought I wanted to hear. So when we got there, this guy ran. <laughs> he may as well have been on a track and had track shoes on because he got out, shut, well, didn't really slam, but he shut the door of the truck pretty firmly. And then he took off and went straight away, walking away. Cause I took him where he expressed to be, but he was trying to tell the 
the pastor that he wanted, he was going to take the pastor in a completely opposite direction. But when he started saying what he needed to do and where he wanted to ultimately get to, I knew how to do it. The Holy Spirit guided me through this whole thing. The Holy Spirit was with me and will be there. So these things are that we have to have the whole armor of God. Blessed pray of righteousness. <laughs> I had that on and I was righteous in what I was doing. I also got firmly angry with him, but I didn't sin in my anger. I was bold, courageous, and I said, you're not hearing me. I cannot afford to do this things that you're asking for. I can't afford it. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It wasn't confrontational. It wasn't going to get into it. it. wasn't going to destroy and disrupt the peace because there was peace there. The, the Holy Spirit was there. I could feel the Spirit and wasn't upset about it. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Here's where the Chaldeans come in. When the Chaldeans existed as a nation, and they did it one time before Babylon completely annihilated them and took them completely out of existence as a people. Um, they were adept at guerrilla warfare, camouflage, hiding, and were extremely good archers. They could shoot from a long distance. Now you have the serpents and scorpions that just come slithering in, and as I say, they get up in your attic, and they disrupt things. They stir up a lot of dust, and they're constantly around. They skitter and scatter through the darkness. The Chaldeans will attack from a distance, and when they close on you, if you allow them to get that close, they're very ferocious. And they attack. And these are the ones in my perception and what I'm seeing and what I'm seeing in the Word. And I haven't had the Holy Spirit correct that yet, so I believe that I speak the truth. They are the fallen that fell and were kicked out with Satan. Those are the Chaldeans. They are powerful. They are fierce. And they... You will need the Holy Spirit and the guidance, and these are what your guardian angels. And that is not some word that it comes from, again, hypocrisy would is put them in a movie. Oh, your guardian angel's on your shoulder today. He's taking you through that. And, oh, man, you got to cross that street, and that bus nearly hit you. Your guardian angel was there. It's, don't take that lightly, because let me share this with you again. I was able to see my guardian angel that is on duty with me, that is physically here, that I cannot see because he is in a spiritual realm. I've shared that with you, brothers and sisters, before. I was, for some reason, I was allowed to see this being there. Enveloped in flame, but not consumed. It was a heavenly flame. Just like when Elijah's uh, protege was able to go out on the ground, he was so worried because the city was surrounded by the enemy, enemy, many armies, was afraid of dying. And the prophet prayed to God and said, allow him to see and have my sight. 
and then he was sent out on the brand. And when he went out there and he looked around, oh my gosh, the vision that he saw, that those enemy armies were indeed surrounding the city, but behind them were innumerable, which means there were so many they couldn't be counted. Members of the army of heaven, chariots, horseback riders, foot soldiers, and they were all enveloped in heavenly flame, but not consumed. And they were surrounding the armies that were surrounding the city. They are real, they are there, and sometimes they sit waiting for us to call for their help. And these, the shield that we have, the shield of our faith, Continue reading in verse 17 and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is in the word of God. There you have it, brothers and sisters, the whole armor of God, the word of God, the sword of truth, his knowledge and his wisdom. Brothers and sisters, these things we have, choices that we have to make, they're real. We have to make them, and they're out there. <laughs> but we have to remember to seek his face in all things. Seek the Lord God, maker of all things, made in all things. And when we're in his presence, and he brings peace to us, if we focus on his being there with us, it will change our desire to be in control, to be grasping, holding on to things, and that rather than doing that, that his peace comes in. Remember what I shared with you before about that little exercise? If you take your hand, you close it up in a tight fist and put your thumb over it, and then you try to look in either end of your hand. You can't see in there because it's so tightly bound and the skin seals against itself. And you have no room for anything. If you open your hand out to a flat palm, now you can carry a whole bunch of stuff. And if God desires to set something in your hand, a blessing that he can do that <laughs> because now your hand is open to receive it. And that's trusting in God. And the one thing that we can, we can grab onto and, and not do damage to ourselves and, and to our soul beside holding onto all this thing, the white noise and that interference, because if we keep taking on that, we go deeper and deeper and deeper that we have the risk of damage. But if you reach out in an open hand, you take God's hand, you allow him to put his strong hands of righteousness and we in trust put our hand out to him and grab on and just hold on. And that the Holy Spirit is going to control ourselves. Remember I shared with you that if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide yourself, that's in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That the Holy Spirit will guide your steps and order your path for them that love God. That's promised in his word. And that we can have as much of that as we want in our lives. That's a choice. Another choice that we have to make. We can have as much as we want. <coughs> Pardon me. Sorry about that. So, is our choice to trust in God or to worry about and, and have all these other things going on? And in the book of Psalms, Actually, in Psalm 46, 1 through 12, 1 through 2, I believe. Let me flip to that right, right quick. I I'm, I'm apologize. 
don't always have everything marked, and I probably should. So if we go to Psalms 46, and we go 1 through 2, it's really easy, uh, just the first couple of... God is our refuge and strength in a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth is removing, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. So what's he telling us? David has written this poem. Though the oceans roar and come up and make us afraid, though the earth quakes and the mountains are crumbling and falling down, landslides and falling into the ocean. Though they may fall into the ocean, that God is our refuge, he is in the strength, and he is in the midst of all things, and that we have nothing to fear. Have faith. And in the book of Numbers, we're reminded that when God has his face on us, and that he is watching over us, which he promises to do in all things and all the time. Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Romans 8 and 6. The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. We have a lot of choices, brothers and sisters, but really only two that matter. We either follow in faith, or as many in the midst of the apostasy, we throw our hands up and we walk away because we've been listening to the white noise interference. Be blessed Brothers and sisters, everyone actually is, but I say brothers and sisters for those that have accepted Jesus Christ and walk in. Those are spiritually brothers and sisters, but everyone is my neighbor and part of the creation of Abba Yahweh, maker of all things made. And I pray over you. I pray for you that you will choose to be adopted into the family of God and be part of the heir and joint heir of Jesus Christ that's in the scriptures. It tells us that we are that in the acceptance of him and our faith and our walk with God, that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. That when we die in physicality, we are taken there. We are met at the valley, the shadow of death. Remember that is a valley is a geologic formation that is open on both ends. So we are met at the opening we walk through that shadow and we exit at the gates of heaven. We are promised to be met there. Brothers and sisters and anyone out there that has an ear to hear, I pray over you on my going out, my coming in. Have a great day. Still a little cold out there.